Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Is that like a jingle? There is a jingle, yeah, there's a jingle. Pretend <laughs> 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 to dance to it. And welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby. This podcast is all about motherhood. Uh, in Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the book, I talk about my experiences. But on this, I invite other ladies in to talk about their experiences of being a mum. The ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Uh, and today, I am delighted to say that my guest, well, she's an author, she's a blogger, and she's just, just a, an amazing mum and a midwife. Please welcome Clemmy Hooper. Oh, thanks, G. <laughs> I love following you on Instagram. Do you? Yeah, I really do. So, actually, we should set this up straight away. Gone. Uh, straight we, up. We both know Holly DeCruz. Yes. So, she, Holly DeCruz is a hypnobirthing guru. Yeah. And uh, someone that I actually went to infant school with. Did you know that? Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah I remember she told me uh, that. And she, uh, she does hypnobirthing. And I can remember when I was about to give birth to Buddy she came over and she was like oh you should follow Clemmy on Instagram she's Aww. great she's a midwife she's about to have twins and I was like oh let's look this lady up <laughs> and there I was yeah how are you finding it how are you finding it <sighs> oh so ours are basically the same t- uh, same age the younger ones yeah the t- my twins are 19 months yeah Buddy's 18 months full on isn't it it's that crazy age. Um, and you've got two of them 
Yeah, there's two of them. And then then, then, then the other two, <laughs> the big girls, the poor big girls. Um, yeah, so we're just at that end of the summer holidays now yeah. where I'm a little bit counting down till next week when they go back to school. So, like, tomorrow is dentist, haircuts, school uniform, you know, that full-on day. Oh, Chloe. I know. It's really hard. I really... Oh, God. I don't know how I'm finding it. I just... I think you're just going. We've just had a really nice week away in Cornwall, which was lovely. Yeah. And we didn't do any work. We did take our laptops and I literally did no book edits. Really? Yeah. We. I just... By the evening, I just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. And the kids were going to every lake, so we were just hanging out on the beach. And actually, it was fine. I mean, this week, I'm going to pay for it because I'm going to be working. But I think it's so important. Like, so I've literally just got back from holiday, and I think it's actually so important to have that time away and switch off. Yeah. Chloe, let's go back. Let's go back to... Back, um, back, back. Back, back, uh, What sort of mum, before, you know everything yeah what sort of mum did you think you were going to be well I became a mum earlier than I thought I'd become a mum so I don't think I'd ever really thought what kind of mum I'd be really well I was a mum at 20 just before I was 23 right I mean think that's like yeah she's 10 so 10 years ago I mean think what you're like 10 years ago yeah I I didn't even know who I was you're (laughs) still like coming out of university and with loads of debt and a really bad hangover. Um, so it was a bit of a shock. Yeah, massive it. shock. I guess I thought I'd be like my mum, which mm. I think is your biggest role model, um, that I'd be a fun mum and probably, I probably thought I'd get into baking. <laughs> Not How are those baking skills, Chloe? How are those baking well, skills Well, my husband's the baker in the family. <laughs> what I've realised is that I don't like baking and right. therefore I don't like doing it with the kids because... <laughs> I go into it hating it. I also hate glitter and Play-Doh. No. Oh, God, gee, I just... <laughs> the Play-Doh gets mixed up within five minutes and that just... That just... <laughs> my anxiety levels through. The glitter... I mean, it's everywhere, isn't it? It's oh, in we're ev- not on the glitter oh, yet. Don't. We haven't been there. My mum was always quite good at really good, straightforward advice. She was like, never buy one of those things in the garden, which ones... Those, like, plastic tables which one side is sand and one side is water because they will just combine and then you'll just have wet sand and you'll hate it she was like if I were you don't do sand just go to a sand pit in a playground go somewhere else yeah. go somewhere else where they can make the mess she's like play groups are for messy play and nurseries just don't have in your house <laughs> which so I just keep keep to that rule so I can't, yeah I kind of wanted to bring a lot of my mum's like you know no nonsense wisdom yeah. I don't think I ever realised how relentless it would be mm. and and boring at times. Yeah. Yeah, people don't really talk about the boredom. Oh. Because they feel like they it's hard to admit. Babies are quite boring, really. Mm. Mm. They don't really do much, but they consume everything from you. Yeah. Especially in the early, you know, months. Well, let's talk about the early, early months because, uh, you know, you were a young mum. Yeah. Taken by surprise. Yeah. Oh, obviously, you were a midwife at this point, so you're very used to welcoming babies into the world. Yeah. But you don't take them home. <laughs> you don't take them home. And I was like, oh, I'm a midwife. I'll, I'll be fine. And my whole focus in the pregnancy, I think, was just the birth. Really? I was just like, if I can get through the birth and I can do that, then I can... How did you feel about the birth? I, was ju- I just went into it and I'd be like, I'll be fine. I really just thought I'll be fine. How I had- many births did you see by that point? So I've been qualified a year. So when you qualify, you have to have done 40 actual deliveries. Right, okay. So like not a C-section or an instrumental delivery, you delivering. Yeah. But I'd probably seen into about 80 births. Right. So I'd seen a lot, but 
obviously now I've seen yeah. 10 years later loads more. So I just, I never thought I wouldn't be okay. Yeah. I just thought it'd be fine. I was young. I hadn't done any birth class preparation, but mm-hmm. I, I just... But then you, as a midwife, what are you going to yeah, achieve? And we were that? moving. So we were living in Bristol and then we knew we were going to be moving like eight weeks after she was born. Right. So I didn't even make any mum friends. Yeah. Yeah, the, but it was fine-ish. I think it was definitely more intense than I ever thought it would be. And then she was born and I was like, oh, I've done it. And then I was like, oh, now I've got to like be a mum to this baby. <laughs> But I didn't, weirdly, I didn't find it that overwhelming in that first bit. Then we moved to London. Mm. Simon then had a full-time job and I wasn't working. And we just had no money because mm. I didn't get any maternity pay because I hadn't been in my previous job long enough. Right. We moved to London. All my friends were like 23 and just getting the jobs after uni yeah. and suddenly having a really good time. Some had taken like gap years and gone travelling again. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I had to go and find mum friends. So there's no Instagram. The, no. The, the, <laughs> there is not, like, if you think what we've got now, mm. there was nothing. I literally had to go from Churchill to Churchill <laughs> making friends, just like our mums would have. Yeah. How did you find that? Really hard. Because I was young and I was, make, I was we were living in a part of London, in South London, where, you know, the typical age of a mum was about 35. Right. So everyone just presumed I was this... Nanny, yeah, and then I'd be like whipping my boob out to breastfeed the baby. <laughs> She's a very good nanny, very, very good. <laughs> so I was just, you know, had to really come up. I mean, I'm a confident person, and I'm used to working in an environment where you work with different age people. So it, I didn't mind talking to people, but you mm. really have to force it. And I made really good friends with my next door neighbour. We were both like trying to take buggies out the car at the same time. <laughs> And we just sort of looked at each other and I was like, oh, I'll be your friend. <laughs> Mum, yeah. please, please, anyone. <laughs> um, it's just hard, isn't it? Really yeah. hard. And I think also because we'd, I talk about this a bit on my blog in the past, because we decided to have this baby against probably everyone's <laughs> advice. How long had you been together by this point? By the time she was born, we'd been together two years. Okay. Yeah, so we'd been together about a year and a bit when I got pregnant. Yeah. And I was almost in this kind of head spin where I was like, I can't, complain about any of this I can't say that I'm tired or I'm hating it or it's boring or relentless I can't I just can't yeah and I think also now motherhood is definitely shifting talking about like social media where women can say anyone else finding this really awful and I remember when my second daughter was about two I wrote a blog post called The Truth About Maternity Leave Mm. and it was around the time when blogs were just starting to get going and Mm -hmm. my blog was Picking up in followers and I ha- and this post went viral because I basically talked about the truth of maternity leave and it was kind of like first time versus second time. Right. And then suddenly all these women were like, yes, why doesn't anyone else talk about this? And then amazing bloggers like the Unmumsy Mum. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's millions of us now yeah. that are saying anyone else. And I think this is why I think social media is so brilliant for mums. Mm. The reality, not the um, highly edited version. That's the thing, isn't it? Because I think when Instagram started, like if it focused on Instagram, it was all this, you know, filter. everything's perfect. Oh, look at my baby smiling. I know. Whereas now people actually appreciate it if you post a photo where your baby's maybe not smiling. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> trying to get out of the photo or whatever. Because yeah, it's the reality. It is. I actually don't follow many beautiful looking feeds. <laughs> Unless I think it's maybe in 
Amy Telford, I think she posted something a little while ago about, you know, you're in control of your food and that really resonated with yeah. me. You know, you're completely in charge of what you see and because what you see will ultimately affect how you feel. Yeah, of course. And I think we don't realise, you know, this kind of scrolling, scrolling or looking at stories. I think stories is quite good because you get to see a little bit more yeah. behind the scenes. Freaked me out when that first happened. I was like, oh my God, that person speaks like that. Or, I, know. You know, <laughs> I did not expect that. I know, it's weird, isn't it, when yeah. people hear your voice. But I think stories are brilliant. I'm really enjoying following Anna's motherfuckers. So funny. Story. I mean, it's just, that is what it's like. Anyone who doesn't know, so Anna, <laughs> motherfucker, uh, she's just had a little baby and she's just showing... Everything. 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 It's... Nips and all. Yeah. Yeah, literally sometimes I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. And she's, you know, the, that is the reality. Oh, of... the confidence that that will give other mums is exactly. incredible. And that, that's okay because yeah. that's normal. Yeah. We can't live, I mean, I saw something, um, actually it was really interesting. It was about like body positivity. Mm. So Cheryl Cole posted on her <laughs> yeah. feed. Yeah. Was she on a boat? She was on a boat, Looking yeah. amazing. Yeah. Good and for I, her. Good yeah. for her, but I read a really good piece about it. Someone shared it on Facebook and it was like, why didn't she show the build-up to that photo so that she'd been clearly working mm. out? I'm yeah. sure she's been working out. She's probably got a nutritionist, food coming in, probably got really great childcare. So now new mums will look at that picture and think, oh, well, that's how I should look five months. Yeah. And she's worked hard to look like that, but talk about how hard you work to look like that. Yeah. It really makes me It cross. would really encourage people a it lot more. Really it really would. Let's talk about body positivity. Let's. And you. And yours. <laughs> I've seen yours. Body positivity. I don't really know where it all came from. I... Well, you were on holiday and you posted some great things in your Insta stories. Yeah, so we were going away and um, it was the first sort of holiday where I knew I'd be in a bikini this year. Mm. Weirdly, I um, lost the most amount of weight unintentionally when I was pregnant with the twins. I know that sounds really weird. When you were pregnant? When with I them. was pregnant with the twins, I had a massive bump, but everything else was skinny. The twins <laughs> sucked everything. <laughs> for, honestly, I think it's having two percenters. Yeah. I've heard this before from another twin mum. So after they were born, I was like, why can't I fit into any of my clothes? Right. But I haven't really talked about that because people would be like, oh, yeah. I was honestly no, and but that, it's important to share because I think you know I, I saw a mum the other day who was like, since having kids, I can't put on weight. Oh. You know, and I but, mean, I've made up for but, it now. No, <laughs> but for her, that's a real big issue. Yeah. So body positivity covers everything, everything, not just all the wobbles. It's every, it's everything, it's all isn't the it? Wobbles. So yeah, so we were going on holiday, and um, I just don't have time like I used to to be able to think about the pre-holiday prep. Yeah. What your beach, um, your bikini body, ready, oh, bikini no, ready I body? Don't, I mean, <laughs> your beach bedding. I'm barely have time to have a wax and a mani pedi because obviously you're then like packing for the whole family anyway. And it was like two days before, and um, I was trying to pack, and then this I got sent a bikini from this brand, and um, it was really cool. And I tried it on, and I was like, um, you know, like judging myself. And mm. Simon was like, oh my god, I love that bikini. It was the first thing he said. So I'm standing there in our bedroom in a bikini. Yeah. First thing he said, oh, my God, I love that bikini. And then he said, your ass is great in it. And I was like, isn't that so interesting that that's a man, the yeah. man you love and has seen you in all your glory, <laughs> giving birth a lot. And that was his first... He was just so positive about it straight away. And it wasn't even... He wasn't like, better say something nice. Yeah, he hadn't asked him. He just came in and said yeah. it. And he probably slapped my ass, you know, what it was like. <laughs> and so... <laughs> and I was like, no one shares a photo of them in their swimwear. Ever, mm. unless you're really proud of your body, mm. which I didn't feel proud. And then I suddenly like had a flicker and I was like, my kids aren't going to care. 
So basically in my head, I was like, do I take this bikini or do I just go swimming costume? Yeah. And I was like, my kids aren't going to care. And I'm very conscious because obviously I've got daughters, but also my eldest is 10. Mm -hmm. And I'm very conscious about the language I use at home. Yeah. And I don't want them to ever say... I mean, we'd say we don't say the F word. Yeah. And we don't mean fuck. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I'm really conscious of that. And my second daughter is a gymnast. She's really fit and mm. she's become really muscular just from training. Yeah. And she's only six, but she's already sort of going like, Mummy, look at my legs. They've got really hard and muscular. I'm like, yeah, that's because you're, yeah. you're doing gymnastics. My eldest is really skinny and she hates it, absolutely hates it. So I'm very conscious about what, I do and say and I want my daughters to feel confident in whatever skin they've got and however mm. their body changes as we know as women they change all through our lives yeah so I thought I'm just gonna take a photo in a mirror of this it's like oh you know and you're like trying well, to angle well, I'm completely <laughs> exposed yeah in a bikini and I just ended up putting my middle finger up because that's how I felt yeah and then within like a second I was like I'm gonna post this and I think a lot of posts sometimes are so spontaneous that you don't have time to worry about it. I think that's and you, when they work. And then, then they post. Yeah. And it went crazy. I think it's my most liked and commented post. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I basically said, I'm going on holiday in two days. And similar to what you said, mm. my kids aren't going to remember um, how mummy looked in a bikini yeah. or that she was sucking in or holding in or not wanting to get in the pool. They're going to remember the holiday. Yeah. And you don't want your kids to look back and go, oh, mum didn't play with us. Because she was, you know, yeah. self-conscious sitting in yeah. the shade with a yeah. black towel over her. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even think I said on that post, like, share yours. It was more just like, this is how I look. Mm -hmm. And yes, I definitely could look. I could definitely tone if I had time to go to the gym. I don't have time to go to the gym now. Yeah, That was it. And then people started sharing theirs. You did one. Yeah. I mean, it went a bit mad. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the press picked up on it. Then we got shared in the uh, <laughs> Daily Mail. Ooh, oh, thanks. Thanks, <laughs> Which is so weird because they just share our Instagram photos, but there's no story because... <laughs> I find it weird, I think, on this, the fact that what everyone's doing online is so powerful and we're creating a community of women who yeah. feel empowered. Yeah. You take that off of that space, you put a different spin on it, yeah. you let people go loose below the line and it becomes <laughs> something else entirely. Uh, so I think we just have to focus really on what we're doing online. I mean, the comments made me howl with laughter. Oh, I can't, I can't even go there. Someone was like, oh, I don't like her black grouting in her bathroom. I mean, <laughs> that was like my top, top one. Rip it out. Let's get something else. I'm glad we're focusing on my grouting and not like my body, but whatever. Mom was like, finger up? How does her mother feel about it? It's so weird. The biggest shock I had from that sort of thing I was doing at that time were the young girls that were messaging me. So really? I had obviously all the mums that were like, thank you for showing that you showing how you look loads of women were like oh my god your like tits are great or like you've got the most amazing figure you've had four kids but I had these younger girls like teenagers early 20s that hadn't had kids and they were like thank you for showing us how women look because yeah. I haven't got kids yet and I'm worried that I'm gonna have kids and I've got to look like you know these celebrities yeah and that was a surprisingly empowering way to go yeah this is how we look. It's just keeping on that message, isn't it? Because there's always, we think, there's always a wave of new mums coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A wave of people who have these expectations. Yeah. And, you know, and we just got to keep going with those messages, I think. 
Clemmy, as I've already said, me and you yeah. share one thing in common, one person in common, Aww. and that's Holly DeCruz. Little holes. How did you find yourself in the hypnobirthing world? So as a midwife, I'd seen and supported women through labour that had started using this new wave technique, hypnobirthing. <laughs> and it was def- I remember seeing it as a student, so quite a long time ago, 12 years ago, and I remember people sort of rolling their eyes a little bit. Health really? professionals, yeah, yeah, other midwives, doctors, and they were like, what is this? Hippie rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> you can't breathe your way through it. But it was. I was more interested in the state that women were kind of, the state of calm, I should say, mm. that women were in, and their partners were so involved. And I just remember thinking... I think there's something I'd quite like to know more about this. So yeah. supporting more women. And it, I guess it's kind of, well, it's breathing, isn't it? It's learning yeah. how to breathe, which you have to do in yoga, in Pilates and exercise. Mm-hmm. And I just started thinking, there's a lot to be said about this. Instead of screaming and losing control, it's all about bringing the control back and not being scared. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested in looking after women that were doing it because I wanted to really see is this working yeah and what I think is really important about hypnobirthing it's not giving you the kind of perfect birth at the end that's what and I think Holly's very clear about that with London hypnobirthing her her course it's about giving you informed choice and um, making decisions and then going into birth feeling well just not fearful Mm. And knowing what your body's doing. I mean, the first, when we had, so we did hypnobirthing with the twins. Right. And my husband, Simon, I think being a typical guy, was a bit like, really? Like, surely you can just like push them out. (laughs) You push two out. Why do we need to know this? And after the first session, he was like, I never knew that. I didn't know that about your body. having two children. Yeah. He was just like, well, it makes sense. It's just science, isn't it? And then I noticed while caring for women in labour as their midwife, how quiet they were Mm. and how calm they were. And I remember thinking, one woman, I was like, is she even in labour? Because she was so just in this amazing zone. Mm. And she definitely was in labour and she had a baby. (laughs) And then I'd have students working with me and they'd be like, I've never seen a woman be so calm in labour. Yeah. And even when birth changes, the birth plan goes off piece and you go down another route where you might it might turn into like you need to go to this mm-hmm. you have an emergency c-section women would still be able to use that breathing and keep themselves in a really calm way yeah i just thought it was really interesting and then obviously i experienced it with the twins and their birth was like the most positive birth really yeah of all the girls it was just like amazing and it really helped simon to be involved in it as well mm. I mean, I don't know if you found this with Tom, but Simon was like really geeky with the scripts and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's such a nice thing to do in the lead up. So yeah. in the lead up, you read scripts to each other. Well, they read scripts to you while you just shut your eyes and yeah. just focus on your breathing and stuff. And I just think it's such a nice thing to do as a couple. It, it just brings you together. Yeah. So the scripts that we read at nighttime, yeah. kind of, how, how would you describe the, the scripts? The it's, um, it sounds almost like a biblical thing, but it's, it sounds like that, but it's not. It's literally this meditation. It's self-meditation, isn't yeah. it, really? Um, Calming stories, isn't yeah. there, about, like, there's one about the beach, isn't there, or going to a really warm place and lying under a tree? Yeah, so it's all, like, visualisation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, and And you're obviously listening to those when you're in labour. I mean, we used to play them every night before we went to bed. I always used to have my headphones in. And fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. And we'd, honestly, we wake up feeling really calm. Mm. Uh, I never knew how long we heard it for because we'd always fall asleep. Yeah. But it was such a nice thing to do together. So even if you're thinking, God, I'm so busy, I haven't got time to practice, that was one of the things that Holly really recommended, just play 
the script, play yeah. the MP3. It was mm-hmm. on my phone as you go to bed. Um, some of them, like there's just a lovely gentle music, isn't there? Mm. I think people worry as well, though, that if they fall asleep, they've it's failed. Not, yeah, it? it's not but, working. But that's the point, isn't it? You're yeah. relaxed and it's going, it's going in your brain. Yeah. It was lovely. Sometimes I still listen to them. I do. They're so nice. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. (laughs) I love it. Actually makes me want to give birth again. I'm not pregnant or anything, but it makes me look forward to, to next time. Oh, next time. Next time. <laughs> um, but so now you are an author. Oh, You're an yes. author. You have the book. The book. The book. Tell me about the book. So the book, it came out this year in Called February. Called how, how, to, how to Grow a Baby and Push It Out. Yeah. Not just about having a vaginal birth. Just put that out there. did have a few um, comments from women going, what if we can't all push a baby out? Well, it's difficult, isn't it? It's obviously a little play. It's funny, isn't it? That I think that's people taking everything, everything personally. Oh. And sometimes you just got to kind of go, okay, that's that. They're not, in, they're not saying that to offend me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but you do cover C sections anyway. Everything. Mm. So, um, so the book came. So I had a, I have, I have a blog. I should say I had a blog. My poor blog. I'll sort my blog out, I promise. You've already given me a good idea about how to sort it out. So my (laughs) blog was called Gas and Air and started that um, about six years ago. And so my book came from that. So Mm -hmm. publishers wanted me to write a book. So the book is a guide to pregnancy and birth and a little bit afterwards, but Mm -hmm. only in the first sort of two weeks. Because that'll be book three. And (laughs) I wanted to write a book for women. Well, it was aimed at the British market because it's very difficult to write a book for the world yeah. as maternity and pregnancy is different all over the world and the care you get. Mm. So it was for the British market and there wasn't a book written by a British midwife on the shelves. I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that there wasn't anything for women written by a British midwife. It was yeah. either written by mums or um, a doctor. But I was like, surely midwives are the ones that know. Yeah. So I wrote this book and it was based on your antenatal appointments you have with your midwife. So instead of it being week by week, week 10, week 11, which let's face it, not much really happened Mm. week by week. It was more based on that appointment at 16 weeks, at 20 weeks, at 25 weeks. Yeah, so it's done great I think <laughs> I don't know what numbers we're at it's it's sold out three times on pre-order I think that's Amazing. how we go by yeah and it's been received really well and it's now being printed in other countries which is brilliant and I get like messages on Instagram from women that go I live in Australia and my British friend came over and brought it with me oh. and things like that it's I think really that's special. the thing isn't it it's such an it's such a beautiful book as well and it does oh, feel like it's a nice yes. companion it's a nice gift to have yeah. if you if your friends just announced that she's pregnant I think it's a lovely thing to kind of go here's a little help yeah <laughs> and it's kind of a it's fun and it's chatty and obviously it's written in the way I probably talk mm. so a lot of people said it's like chatting to your friend yeah. who's also the midwife and it's got birth stories in there, which was really important for me because I appreciate that 
and I know this, every birth is different. Yeah. And I wanted to put hundreds of birth stories in there, but we, we just didn't have space. So mm. I've tried to cover the ranges of birth stories. And there's like the elective C-section in there, induction, um, what if your baby's breached. And they're told by women because women's birth stories, I think, are so powerful mm. and empowering to you as a woman. And, Definitely. And I think the most important thing about birth stories is there is no right and wrong way really to do it it's yep. your way and if it doesn't go the way that you planned I'm doing an inverted commas <laughs> it doesn't mean you failed yeah. it's just birth has changed in that part of the day and you're now going to go down a different because, I feel like there has to be a bit of a focus on that doesn't there about when things don't go quite the way that you planned yeah because I see loads of things crop up every now and then of like you can tell years later how it's really eating yeah. moms up yeah birth trauma is a massive yeah. thing that people are just beginning to talk about mm. and I think this whole thing about birth plan I mean I do I've done a whole section in the book called birth preferences mm. I mean if you want to plan an epidural or if that's your preferred choice pain relief fine yeah like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter as long as it's the right decision for you and your partner and your baby at the time mm. and I always say look there's no medal for how you've done it your yeah, prize exactly. is your baby yeah you know you haven't failed if you've had pain relief mm-hmm like, it's crazy yeah. that people are like, oh, well, I had an epidural. I still, still find women say that to me. They're like, oh, I did have an epidural. I'm like, and? and? Like, what? It doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter. And I've had women that are like, I really want an epidural and it was too late and it was the they most really... painful, horrific thing ever. And Just because they're not ready then. To... Yeah. And then they're really traumatised by that. Yeah. So it's all about positivity. Mm. And book two. You are writing book two. I'm writing book two. Yes, that is an extension, a companion of book one. Mm -hmm. So it's a diary. Okay. I'm not allowed to call it stationary, but I keep thinking it's stationary. (laughs) So it's going to be exactly the same designers and illustrators. So it's a pregnancy diary. um, So quite a nice gift, I guess, gift book, which is week by week. And it's going to have little snippets from me, your midwife. And then you write things in it. That's so nice. Um, Because I think we all forget in pregnancy what happens. Mm -hmm. Because it goes so fast. I know that's really boring when people say that, but it does. (laughs) And then you look back and you're like, I really wish I'd taken more bump photos. Or I really wish I'd written down when you first moved. And all those things. So it's like a keep. So so you fill it in. Um, There's a lovely bit for your partner to talk about things. You can write your birth plan in it birth preferences you can write your birth story in it and it will take us just into the first few months of kind of when you first um did your first punami when the (laughs) poo goes everywhere or when you as a mom when you first learned to like fold the buggy and get it in the boot of the car without (laughs) trapping your finger so it's humor but it's gentle um and then book three will be how to grow a baby the first year so the Mm. maternity which i haven't started writing yet chloe what made you want to be a midwife um, so the story is, and this is true, you know, you have those like dressing up kits when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, and there was like a nurse one. Yeah. So I used to wear that, but I used to, um, like take all the clothes off my like newborn dolls mm. and then wrap them in a towel <laughs> and like think that was what a midwife was. Had you seen it anywhere? I think I'd watched like programs with my mum. She's not medical, but she always wishes she'd been a midwife or a children's nurse. Oh, really? So we used to watch like hospital or like all those kind of programs or child of our time we used to watch anything right. with babies I used to love and my mum loved so we just watched together and then as soon as I knew what a midwife was so I was quite young mm. like seven or eight I was like that's what I want to do 
Really? Yeah, honestly. And and I did it. <laughs> and I remember being at school as a teenager and mucking about a lot, as you do, in um, science lessons. And this really old school chemistry teacher called Mrs Vickers. <laughs> I wonder if she's still alive. <laughs> she, she was very elderly. And was like, you'll never get anywhere. You've got to learn. You've got to learn your periodic table, basically. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Ooh. And I hated science at school. And she was like, well, what do you want to do, Clemmy? Like, what is this? Because I was just mucky about the back of the class. And I was like, well, actually, I want to be a midwife. And she was like, right, well, you've got to get your science GCSEs. Otherwise, you'll, you won't get into uni. Right. And I remember learning my periodic table, like parrot fashion. I remember, I still remember doing it in the garden with my mum to this day for my exams. And then I was like, oh, I'm never going to have to learn that again. That's brilliant. And then at uni, the first module was human biology. We had to do it as part of um, midwifery. And the periodic table came in. No. Because so many like drugs in medicine are used and the abbreviation is from the periodic table. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) it's haunted me. But I felt really smug that I still remembered it. (laughs) So hard work paid off. (laughs) Mrs Vickers, wherever you are, sorry and thanks. And, yeah, so I didn't take gap year. I just went straight to uni and did, so it's a degree. Right. um, Three-year degree. And it's really hard, Mm. really, really hard. I don't know how people do it now with children. So a lot of women are going back into, like, you know, secondary education. I don't think I could do it now because you have... Well, it's like having a, it's like doing a degree and having a full time job because right. you have like uni placement and then you have your clinical placement mm-hmm. and you have to write essays and get all your skills signed off. Like it's really full on. I How does it compare to what you thought it was going to be? I think when I'm with women and they have a baby, it's I still have the amazing emotion every time, really, every single birth, whatever birth, and that hasn't never changed in. Well, 10 years of being What was it like the first time you delivered a baby? Oh, my God, I was terrified. Really? Yeah, like, so you watch four and then you do some hands-on. So you're just like, where do I put my hands? And I remember your mentor, like, so when the baby's head's coming out, so it's Mm. crowning, like, my mentor would put her hands there and then i put my hands, like, on hers. Right. So just to feel what it feels like. Yeah. But you basically have to just, I don't want to say stucking, because that sounds really <laughs> creepy, but you just have to do it. Yeah. It's like learning how to take blood. You're a bit like that with the needle, like mm. shaky hands. You're like, I've just got to do it. And it's like any skill, when you can just do it with your eyes closed, if yeah. you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I was working yesterday, had a really nice delivery in the morning. Yeah, like, so it doesn't, it, nothing, it never changes that feeling. Yeah. And sometimes I cry, sometimes I don't, but I always get that. <gasps> Did oh, you cry the first time? Yeah, I really cried. Did you? Time. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do cry quite a lot. Sometimes I get surprised when I cry. Like I don't expect to cry. Yeah. And it's sometimes that triggers something in the room that makes me cry. Sometimes the dad. The really? Dad, yeah, the dad's reaction really makes <sighs> me cry. See, I'm obsessed with like one born every minute. Are you? And I know that loads of people are obsessed with call the midwife and oh, call the midwife gets yeah, me. Actually, one born every minute when I've watched it makes me cry. Yeah, I just think there's something. It's just going back to being human. I know. And it's so magical. It's amazing. And so then you when... see these guys who are like, yeah, yeah whatever, yeah, whatever. whatever. Tell yeah. your baby, whatever, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Push it out. And then the they're baby like comes sobbing. and they're, 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 they're just so uncontrolled and so beautiful. I so I remember a really old school midwife saying to us as students, like, when you lose that feeling or if you ever lost that feeling, it's time to have a rethink. Really? Yeah. I mean, how could you go in and not have that feeling? Oh. I'm just obsessed with midwives. I just love the fact that they're around there every day. Oh. 
Yeah, midwives, they rule. So obviously you'd just finished your training when you found out that you were pregnant. Yeah. How did actually doing it compare to, you know, having helped so many other people? I mean, I think I naively was like, well, I'm a midwife. I know what to do. (laughs) I mean, obviously I was young and I was, that always helps in terms of physically. Um, I kind of, I think I shut out all the kind of complicated or difficult births I'd seen Mm -hmm. from my sort of memory. I was just like, done. I had two midwives that were my mentors when I was a student and they delivered Anya. And one of them was at Glastonbury (laughs) when I went into labour. She was late. She was like a week late and um, she's still a really good friend of mine. And she said... um, you know she's going to be born when I'm at Glastonbury. And I was like, it's okay. Because we had like, I had two, so yeah. kind of back up. And she was like, but I do want you to tell me when you're in labour. And I was like, no, I don't, you know, because I want you to be at Glastonbury. Yeah. So I went into labour on the Saturday and she, I knew she was at Glastonbury. And I um, called the other midwife. So I didn't tell Claire that I was in labour because I, but yeah. the other midwife did. She texted oh. her and she came back from Glastonbury. Oh. So I was in labour and she walked in the room <laughs> and I just burst into tears. Of course you did, I would. It made and me too like, well now. <laughs> what are you doing? She's like, I'm just going to have a shower. <laughs> so Honestly, funny. she still had like, it was a really muddy year. She still had like, she had just crusty mud in her hair. Yeah, and then she went back that night. She went back to class me that night oh to God. see the headline act. Yeah, it's a good story that. Having done it yourself at that point, so yeah. the first time around, did it affect how you were as a midwife? Afterwards. Yeah. So that's what I think shifted. It wasn't so much my clinical care looking after women in labour. It was more the motherhood bit. Oh, really? Yeah, that's when I was... Because I think labour, you kind of forget. I, I can't really describe what labour feels like, really. Mm. But the motherhood bit, it's... I mean, it's in your core, isn't it? Forever. It's in your blood now. You can't not know what it feels like Mm -hmm. when you don't know what you're doing and how do I change a nappy and all of that. So that, I think, has stayed with me. I don't think mothers make better midwives and I know some amazing midwives who've been midwives years that have never become mothers. But I think when it comes to motherhood and looking at that rawness of that, new mum mm. especially when I was doing my community midwifery so going to people's houses afterwards right. and seeing the rawness of that family kind of you know two professionals one might be a lawyer one might be a doctor and they suddenly have no idea what they're doing and this baby is what 50 centimeters long <laughs> and their life as they knew it is now no more yeah and I could just go in and go right and I think I'm quite good at that now obviously having had four myself, but I can kind of read that situation well. I loved community midwifery. I loved Mm. going in and going, right, well, first of all, you need to go back to bed. (laughs) You know, you go around some women's houses and they'd be dressed with makeup on and, really, you know, like wincing as they sat on the sofa and they'd like blow dry their hair on day two. And I'm really big on that. I'm just like, no. See, I can remember the midwife coming over after Buzz and uh, I'd been trying to feed him and it wasn't going well. So my boobs were out. Milk was literally everywhere. And he just did this enormous poo that had gone right the way up his back, out of his baby goes. So he was naked. And we were, there was poo everywhere, milk everywhere. And then the buzzer went. 
and it was a midwife. And my first thought was, she's going to take my baby away from me. Yeah. So, so you don't think, like, I just literally thought, they're connected to social services, yeah, that's yeah. it, I'm a that's terrible it. mum. But literally, all she did was, okay, let, well, let's run a bath. And I was like, the hospital said I wasn't allowed to bath him for a month. She's like, no, no, it's fine. So she just literally took over and oh, helped. Oh, she amazing? It was probably the most perfect moment for her to arrive, actually. Yeah. And actually, she's probably seen that situation hundreds of yes, times. but you don't realise that when you're I going know. through it. You think they're going to say, oh, that's so sad. I mean, I've literally gone into houses when the baby is, you know, been up all night and mum's boobs are really engorged yeah. and they're just weeping yeah. and they just don't know what to do. And then the, the, their partner doesn't know what to do because <laughs> he's like, what's happened to my wife? And I don't know how to help her <laughs> breastfeed this baby. And I've almost gone to the men, like, go and have a shower and go make her breakfast. And yeah. it's like midday, no one's eaten. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like you just don't, you forget to eat. Go and make her breakfast, tea, coffee, everything. Then you sort the baby out. And I think you're just quite experienced as the midwife because yeah. you're like, I can swaddle a baby with my eyes closed. And you see the parents like carrying the baby in this really <laughs> fragile way. And I'm like, no, give me the baby. Swaddle it like a burrito. And then you sort the mum out. And then in, within an hour, you're like, it's fine. I'll come tomorrow and you're going to be fine. Yeah. And I think the more that you reassure women and mm-hmm. say... This is normal. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go and meet your friends for a coffee right now. Yeah. Don't have visitors. I talk about that a lot in the book. Really? Yeah. Unless they're really helpful. Mm. I always say one week in bed, one week on the sofa. Really? Yeah. I like that. I did that with the twins. It was the best thing I ever did. Mm. This pressure to get out there with your pram and go and meet your antenatal group. Why? Yeah. Do it once your partner's gone back to work. Yeah. If he if he's going back to work because Actually, I think you need the visitors when you're on your own. Mm. We really banned it with the twins. Really? We made a list. I had My friend was our doula. She is a doula. And we had her as our doula with the twins. And we had like a really kind of great pre-birth planning on how to manage the after, the after yeah. bit, which was great because so much is about the birth, isn't it? Yeah. But actually, let's talk about afterwards. And she, it was her advice. One week in bed, one week on the sofa. It was January. It was freezing. It snowed. And we just said to friends, I mean, friends kind of got it a bit more. Also, they weren't our first, so I think right. people were less. No one came, came no. for a second, so I can't only got sent one bunch of flowers. <laughs> no! It was, yeah, it was great. <laughs> but it was brilliant because no one bothered us. Um, I think also now with, like, technology, you can send a photo to yeah. family. So they feel like they're included. In yeah. The, the girls were at school, so mm. and we just kept all the routine. All. We had no visitors, and we properly banned it. We said, no. We just want it. And it was the best. I look back at the two weeks that we had, just Simon and I and the twins, obviously the girls, but they were at school. It was the best time. It was like a little baby moon. Yeah. Because we watched loads of Netflix. <laughs> we th- So that was the other thing we got. We got sent food. So I had like a neighbour did um, a Sainsbury's shop for me. Amazing. Of like gorgeous food. Just left it on the doorstep. Text me and said, check your doorstep. <laughs> I had like brownies sent in the post. I had like cook vouchers. So we so good, and that's all yeah. we needed. We didn't need visitors. No, no. <laughs> I needed them more. Yeah, when Simon had gone back to work. Yeah. How does having twins differ from from single child children? <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a really big shock. Massive. I mean, you just don't expect twins, do you? No. Ever. No. Um, when they were tiny, it was weirdly easier because physically they weren't going anywhere. <laughs> As you know, with all babies, you can put them down and brush your teeth and they might cry but they're there, yeah now I literally can't take my eyes off them <laughs> and going to new places actually makes me quite anxious because really? yeah because I'm thinking I mean buddy bu- mm-hmm. buddy, buddy is yeah. the same age you just think right 
what they're going to break, where they're going to go, because it's just their age yeah. and they're exploring. So, like, when we were away last week, you know, you kind of, Simon and I would just do this kind of, like, military operation where we scout the place. Okay, yeah, it's Risk fine. Risk assessment. Yeah, and we're good to go. It's it's really full on. Um, I've connected with some really lovely twin mums on Instagram who have had twins first time round, and I've met mums who have had twins, their third were twins. Really? Yeah, it's quite fun meeting those mums. Yeah. And watching what their lives are like. And it's quite common because I... You know, as you get older, the more likely you yeah. to have twins. So I know a few mums that have had two and then they thought, I'll just get the third one in before I'm 40 <laughs> and then had twins. Um, I mean, it takes, you know, it really does take a village. <laughs> we have help. You know, we have a twins have a nanny and mm -hmm. we have my mum and Simon's parents are great when they come down. Are the girls good, the older girls? They're really good. Actually, now the twins are 19 months. They really love their big sisters and will go to them more. Aww. Whereas when they're babies, they don't really. Yeah. And they're starting to communicate in a slightly like mad language. They they talk to each other. Yeah. And they, oh, <laughs> but they get it. Yeah. But they're not saying great words to us. So the big sisters are really helping, and that's great because you know I need all the help I can get. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard. It's it's literally double everything. You know. But you don't make it look easy. But you... It's good to know. know yeah, well, yeah. And it, I think you know your limits. That's yeah. what... You know, we say no to a lot of things. Really? We'll get invited. You know, we, we're very lucky we get invited to lovely things and mm. we just go, no, no we're just not going to... Or we try and split it. So I might take just the older girls or so I might just take older girls because we don't want them to feel like they're missing out. Yeah. So I'll try... In the summer holidays, my mum had the twins, so I had, like, a big girl's day. It's nice having those moments yeah. where we do things. And doing all the things we can't do with the twins. So we went yeah. to the cinema, Aww. and the girls wanted to go shopping, you know, all the things I just... You know, I can't do a food shop with the twins. <laughs> but you just know your limits, don't you? Yeah, and there's you ways of getting around. Simon's very... Um, he's the kind of, I'm going to fix the problem. Whereas right. I'm like... <gasps> <laughs> He's like, there's ways to get around it. We just do online shops from now on. Clemmie, we are going to finish with three oh. sentences. Go. You're going to finish these three sentences for me. Being a mum means... That you never shower alone. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> <laughs> Since being a mum, I... Can multitask in ways that I never thought possible. <laughs> I can remember first breastfeeding and going for a week at the same time. That is that was skills. Open the door to life. the postman. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm happy when my house is organised and my children are safely tucked up in bed. Pleasure. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.